It's that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Sports Talker. It is an absolutely beautiful day in Kentucky and in Louisville. A relatively cool day for late July. Much better than the hot 95, 100-degree weather that we might be used to, that supposedly we might be seeing tomorrow. Not complaining about the weather. Been able to spend a lot of time outside today. And I am thrilled about it. But for the next hour, I'll be indoors, windows open, talking sports here on 1450 The Sports Buzz, getting back in a little bit of a routine and uh, plenty to talk about today. Main thing that's going to jump out is Kentucky lost a football commit to Florida. They were the finalists with Alabama. And I I think it just kind of speaks volumes that this is becoming, I, I don't know if I can say it's becoming the norm, but it's it's happened quite a few times now. Kentucky has gone head-to-head with the biggest football programs in the country, whether it's USC, Alabama, Florida, you name them. Kentucky has gone head-to-head with them, and this time they lose out. And I think Kentucky fans, while you're missing out on a good recruit, it's, uh, it's a positive to be in that conversation. George Brown is a good target. It wasn't necessarily a position of need for Kentucky as Kentucky is kind of loaded at the offensive line position for the 2015 recruiting class. Obviously a guy that Kentucky certainly wanted, thought they had a good chance at. Last night on Cats Illustrated House of Blue, Justin Rowland, our football recruiting analyst, did a little bit of damage control and said that it looked like Brown was heading to Florida from what he was hearing, so it was no surprise today. Kudos to George Brown, though, for pulling out a live baby gator when he committed to Florida. I've never seen that before. I've seen live animals be used in a decision process and committing somewhere. I, I One Georgia commit one time pulled out a a bulldog puppy. That's, I, I know dogs have been used before. I don't know if any, I can't think of any other live animals off the top of my head that have been used before. But actually, George Brown went and got a baby live gator and pulled it out when he made his decision. So that isn't necessarily, uh, that, that's obviously the overall decision in itself was bad news for Kentucky. But you have to kind of laugh at his creativity in pulling out a gator. You have to think, why have a UK commit not pulled out a live kitten? That would be cute. That'd get everybody excited. Anyways, that I, I think that was a pretty funny move on his part in committing to Florida. Uh, Kentucky, again, fine at the offensive line position. Uh, George Brown was a, a great target and, and could have been a, a help to Kentucky. But again, it wasn't like he was a big-time defensive tackle or a big-time quarterback that Kentucky's missing out on. And some interesting tweets, Vince Morrow uh, of Kentucky, obviously, the one of the best recruiters in the country, tweeted, Big Blue Nation, relax. It's only the first round. This is a title fight. Hashtag BBN. So that's 
Uh, I don't know if to take that as in Kentucky's going to continue to uh, recruit George Brown and and feel that they have a good chance to land him. Obviously, football recruiting, it isn't over until National Signing Day. Or I don't know if I take that Vince Morrow's tweet means that Kentucky has other options. They're going to be fine. Uh, they missed out on a guy, but they're going to get some other guys. Uh, you can take it either way. Uh, but no matter what, you have to like Kentucky's confidence. You have to like Morrow's confidence. And the fact that Kentucky's been able to go toe-to-toe with some of these big guys. Uh, anyways, Run DMC is not wasting any time getting into the show today. And as always, you can tweet into the show at T. Walker Rivals. He says, when a Miami commit summons a hurricane, then I'll be impressed. That uh, Let's think of the most ridiculous ways that a recruit could commit to a school. I, I, I think that this is actually doable. You could do something with birds if you committed to a bird school where you have a bunch of birds fly out from behind you that's actually possible you could do the cat thing with a kitten or an actual cat uh in alabama if you committed to alabama and you had an elephant uh, that would be impressive i'd enjoy seeing that Uh, tennessee's with a a volunteer would be kind of lame and pretty boring i'm kind of going down the list of sec schools uh so tweet in the show what you think would be a creative way or a funny way to announce your commitment. It's the ones that would be intriguing would be the ones that aren't really animals or, or can't really be mascots like in football, like the Titans. I, I don't know if there's a college football sc- school that's the Titans, but I guess you have the sun devils and the blue devils at Arizona state and Duke. If you wanted to announce that way, you could, uh, I, I don't know, you could have a little horns come out, something something clever like that. Anyways, tweet into the show and let me know what you'd like to see. Miami Hurricane is a, is a good one. I- Iowa State Cyclones would be a, a dangerous yet intriguing one. So, it's Friday, it's a sports soccer. Shenanigans are, are, uh, are running rampant. Big news yesterday that I didn't get around to talking to. This isn't really big news, but it's summer, so anything can really be big news. Kentucky freshman basketball players took pictures in their uniform. I guess it might have been picture day. They always do their pictures in the white uniforms, which uh, I I think most fans would prefer to see the blue. But they always do them in the white. So you had the four new freshmen, Carl Towns, Trey Lyles, Devin Booker, and Tyler Uless. Little Tyler Uless just at 5'9", 150 pounds. But let me say this. All these guys, all these four recruits, and I've been covering them for over a year now, most of them two years. Uh, Carl Towns even longer than that when he played on the Dominican Republic team a few years back. They, you can already tell a difference. They've only been on campus for a few months, but you can already tell a difference that Rock Oliver, the strength and conditioning coach, is doing some some amazing things. Even Tyler Ulis, who's really small, looks much more cut. His arms look bigger than they did when he was in high school just a few months ago. Carl Towns had some baby fat on his arms, just a big guy. He's starting. You're starting to see some definition in him. I don't really like having to describe male these the bodies of of these players, but it is true. There's some truth that these guys are are getting into shape, looking bigger. One thing I want to see from Carl Towns is if he's going to be able to back guys up, put his body into guys, and score in the paint and on the block. Uh, I, I, I've, from what I've seen at times, sometimes physical defenders and even physical offensive players 
he can kind of get pushed around. Uh, if he can continue to put on weight like this and muscle like this, that might not be something you're going to have to worry about for for Kentucky. Anyways, in the studio, I'm, I'm assuming Yates is there. Yates, you there? It's a good assumption. That's a, good. I, I'm, I'm generally, you know what happens when you assume. I do know what happens when you assume. But this time it works out for me. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. Just just getting through the day. Uh, again, great weather out. Might try to go. Might try to go play some golf after this. If the uh, it should get cooler, could be a great night to do so. Uh, what what's on your mind today? What's on your what's on what's sticking out to you in the sports world? Um, nothing really. I don't know. Nothing. It's, I mean, it's it's summer. It's slow. There's nothing. I mean, you're right. It is, and your your job is just makes this make this show sound good and uh, transition well and have nice songs going in and out of the breaks, right? That's exactly right. You do a great job of that. Uh, one one uh, Louisville related, not really Louisville related, but Charlie Strong is making some news down in Texas. He has uh, kicked off six players on his team since becoming the coach, and uh, suspended two players Thursday after. Like I talked about, they were arrested for sexual assault. Easier said. Oh, that I, I am very tongue twisted today, as it happens so often on this radio show. But this is similar to what he did at Louisville, if I recall. Uh, kind of cleaned house in a sense. Got rid of uh, the bad apples, and he looks like he's doing the same at Texas. Now, the first year at Louisville wasn't like his other years at Louisville, uh, struggled a bit, obviously, and I think he might struggle a bit at Texas this year as he's getting rid of, of the people that really don't belong. Uh, UK fans can say what you will about Charlie Strong, and he had success at Louisville, obviously, and, and that makes a coach harder to like if he's a rival coach. But he does, for the most part, run a, a pretty good program. A lot of Kentucky fans were upset when Mike when they took Michael Dyer, and uh, there there was always given a few guys some second chances, and a lot was made over his five core values, with one respecting women and the other one no guns. It's kind of comical that you have to write those things down. But he is a anybody that you, that has met Charlie Strong. He is a, a very respectable coach, respectable person, uh, and cares about doing the right things. So uh, that looks like that has become obviously a priority at Texas. Kind of a no nonsense. Really, what Stoops did when he took over at at Kentucky got rid of the people that really didn't seem to to belong there and. It's, you're going to go through some up and downs, but ultimately in the long run, that, that should work out for Texas. I, I, I'm rooting for him at Texas. It, it'll be interesting, though. A lot of people close to Texas say that it's not a great fit for him. We'll see if he's able to win there. But anyways, there, uh, I guess one more piece of news before we head to our first commercial break that I wanted to talk about. It was interesting. Gary Parrish has an article on Scalabissier, who is a 2015 recruit from Tennessee. Really, I think he's from Mississippi, but it's in the city of Memphis. It's a suburb of Memphis that's actually in Mississippi, but he basically considers himself from Tennessee, considers himself from Memphis. Uh, that's not important either way. But he's a, a, a forward, a 6'10", 6'11", 
forward, skinny, lean, not a lot of muscle onto him, but does have a nice offensive game, can knock down threes, can put it on the floor, can really shoot from anywhere. Not the most physical or aggressive big guy, but he was uh, Kentucky's first offer in the class of 2015, went out to Scalabissier a, a few years back, two years back. And as you have it, it seems like he was down to Memphis and Kentucky for the most part. A lot of interesting in Kentucky, but at home home was in Memphis. Seemed like his guardian, who's who's handling a lot of his recruitment, seemed to like Memphis. Uh, it seems like Ole Miss might be back in the picture since it's only 45 minutes, 50 minutes away from his hometown. So you basically are down to those three schools. But this article from Gary Parrish states that Scalabissier may be looking to head to uh, overseas, to China, to Europe, anywhere, to get a payday and then go to the NBA, a la Emmanuel Moutier. Uh, that's one question when Emmanuel Moutier did that was, would this be a trend in college sports? Would you see other players do this? And now you have Scalabissier, who's openly talking about that that's something they're going to look at. It's a lot of money to pass up. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier signing a one-year deal for $1.2 million for an 18-year-old, uh, really for you know anybody, any age, but especially for an 18-year-old basketball player, 17-year-old basketball player, that's a lot of money to consider. And then you can transition your way into the NBA if it works out that way, or you can keep getting you know nice contracts overseas that are going to be obviously enough to, to take care of you and your family. So he, this is the first recruit that has openly talked about the idea of skipping college and going to play overseas. Now, of course, you've had some guys. Uh, Jeremy Tyler was one name that stood out. Brandon Jennings, another that uh, another guy that went didn't play college basketball. So you've had some other guys. But in, in since Emmanuel Moutier's decision, which I think is eligibility based or academically based uh, for him to go overseas, I don't think he was going to be able to play his freshman year at SMU. That's just my opinion, and they're denying that. But other media members are saying that certainly is the case. I tend to think that it is the case. But Scalabissier isn't shouldn't have any eligibility problems that we know about right now. So he he's openly looking to do this, and I, a lot of college basketball fans are worried about this, and they're worried that maybe the top talent's going to go overseas. My my opinion on this: good, go. Anybody that wants to go play overseas, then do it. And that is great news by me because it's going to get people to shut up about the NCAA. It's going to get people to shut up about how unfair the NCAA treats people, how broken the NCAA is, how college athletes should be paid. Go. This is what this is what the, the NCAA is built for. This is what America American sports, whether it's football or basketball, football is is a little bit of a different story because there's not really other options. But especially for basketball. This is perfect. If you want to get paid, then don't go to the NCAA because for the last 70 years, they don't pay people. That You don't get paid. You get paid with a scholarship, and you get your food paid for, and you get your books paid for, and you get uh, clothes to wear, and you get dorms. You get a place to live, and you get this nice, depending on where you go, anywhere from a 20000 to maybe a $80,000 education paid for. That's your pay in college, and that's a beautiful thing. But if you actually want cold, hard cash besides the stipends you get at college, then go overseas. 
and make your $1.2 million, get no exposure, and then go to the NBA and see how it works out for you. But don't go to college and complain about a system, the, the, the foundation of a system that has been in place for 70 years. Can, is the NCAA, do they do stupid things? Of course they do. They make bad decisions all the time. Can it be fixed? Can it be, can every, everything can be better. Everything in the world can be better. That's why you see new TVs come out every year, new cars every year. Everything can be improved. The NCAA can be improved. I can be improved, believe it or not. But the foundation of the NCAA is beautiful. It's why fans love college sports. It's why the state of Kentucky has fallen in love with the University of Louisville or the University of Kentucky and even Western Kentucky University. It's a great principle. You have people that are choosing where they want to go and competing and basically applying for their professional careers, just like a lot of college students do by going to school, getting good grades, building a nice resume, and going out into the real world. So it, it, it's great. It's great for Scal to consider that, and if that's what he wants to do, then good. But I, th- that's an option. It's an option that everybody, I think, forgets about, and hopefully Emmanuel Moutier is opening people's eyes up to the idea of being able to go get paid to play. If you don't want to do it, if you don't want to, if you don't want to go a year of your life without making money and ignoring a, a great opportunity to get an, a free education, then fine. Be ungrateful. Get your money. Be happy, and then go to the NBA. Brun DMC tweets in, says, "I'd rather players go overseas than play against UK for another team." Last time I checked, UK doesn't play China. They don't. They don't play China. They don't play Chinese professional teams. And you ask a lot of people that that have played professionally in China, they talk about how terrible it is. And it's not just China. It, it's other l- leagues. I think maybe it was Ramel Bradley playing in Turkey. Uh, Ramel, maybe it was Ramel Bradley playing in Israel. Uh, maybe it was Eric Daniels playing in Turkey. Uh, a former UK player playing in Turkey talked about with some media members one day how if you didn't get your if you didn't get your check for for the two weeks or whenever you got paid, let's say it was two weeks, let's say you didn't get your check and it, it had been three weeks and you went and talked to him, they'd say, oh, well, I'm sure it'll come. A month later, yeah, they'll get around to it. Overseas, it, that it's not it's not like the NBA. It's not, and again, the NCAA isn't perfect. I don't doubt that players, uh, some of them could struggle, some of them are are worth more than maybe the scholarship they're given. Johnny Manziel brings brought a lot of money into Texas A&M. John Wall brought a lot of money to UK. But it averages out, and they're choosing to do that. And when you choose to do something. You have to play by their rules. You're signing an agreement to doing that. So don't complain about how horrible it is because there's always other options, as Emmanuel Moutier found out and as Scalabissier is considering. I don't think they're good options, but there are other options. So we're going to head to our first commercial break here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Stick around. It's TJ Walker, The Sports Talker. You're listening to The Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. And we're back here, second segment, 1450 The Sports Buzz. A beautiful Friday of the weekend, just a few hours away for most of you sad suckers in the office. Went on a little NCAA rant there. And this is how I've been for 
as long as people have been questioning the NCAA in the past five years. I, I wouldn't say I'm pro-NCAA, but I'm probably more pro-NCAA than you are. And I, I realize there's a lot of good that the NCAA does. I get people's problems with it. I get that it isn't perfect. But when it comes to paying players, that is just going to absolutely ruin college sports. It's going to change it completely from what it is. There's no fair way to do it. That's why you haven't seen anybody come up with a, a practical way to do it. It's because they don't know. Jay Billis is obnoxious and annoying in the way that he tweets and constantly talks about it and offers up no solution. But I do agree with him. He's a smart guy. I do agree with people that disagree with the NCAA. There's better ways. There's, there's certain things I could change about it. But the answer to those things is not giving players cold hard cash. I didn't want this episode. I didn't want this show to turn into a big NCAA rant, but it, it has already gone that way. I want high school, top high school, college or high school basketball players, maybe soon to be college basketball players, to consider their options of being able to play professionally. It is tough for football because there is no really there is no alternative. I don't, I don't know what the CFL's draft restrictions are. And I don't know how much the average CFL player makes. I guess I could look that up. But football, it's a little tougher. You can't go overseas. However, how many, how many football players do you think are actually making money for their university? that are contributing to jersey sales and are helping sell tickets because fans want to come see them. No offense to the great offensive linemen throughout the country. You might be you might be a huge part of your team, but do you deserve money or fans coming to see you? In my opinion, no. But there are maybe should players be hungry at night? No, like Shabazz Napier said. Do I believe that Shabazz Napier is actually hungry? No. I like the unlimited meals thing. They can go in the right direction. Yates, you don't have to text in to it. You can you can talk to me about it. So why don't well, you when say what you, when we're not in the same building? It, it makes it hard to. I don't want to just interrupt you in the middle of you saying something. All right, so go on and and. Give me, say what you type. I mean, you, you claim that nobody's going to the games to see the offensive linemen. They're not selling tickets, but I mean, those guys are part of the team. Johnny Manziel's not going to, Johnny Manziel's not going to be out there doing whatever he does without an offensive line in front of him. I, I, but how many, how many fans are buying offensive linemen jerseys? How many fans are buying Johnny Manziel jerseys if their offensive line is terrible and the team is no good? I, I probably not many, but I mean, I'm asking you how many fans are buying offensive line jerseys. How many people, when they are buying season tickets, tell the athletic department, "Well, great offensive line this year. I can't wait to see how they produce, what they produce, what they do." I mean, that's that's a fraction of the money that we're talking about that the NCAA makes. The real money I, is in the television contract. I, I get it's in the television. And the television contract. But who? But goes who? On who long before you, and long after. On Saturday, Johnny when, you're, when you're talking to your. On Saturday, when you're talking to your friends and you say, "Hey, let's go, uh, let's go over to your buddy's house and watch some football," he's got ESPNU. I can't wait to watch Texas A&M's offensive line today against LSU. 
Does that get you excited? Sure. And, yeah. and and I you don't have to you don't have to state the value of an offensive line to me. I get how important that is, but I'm asking you, how much money do you give the offensive line if you pay athletes? Do you give them as much as Johnny Manziel? I mean, all- here's the thing. I don't. I'm not claiming to have a, a perfect solution, but the the status quo is not a viable organization or not a viable option to continue forward. There's too much. I mean, the NCAA makes way too much money for them to not be able to do something more for the student athlete. What? What more? What more do they need besides the educa- education, the place to live, the books, the food, the clothing, the great job opportunities after their after they can't play in their in their field, their sport? What else do they need? They need cold hard cash. Besides the stipends they get, you know, there's people at UVL in UK on their football team that get close to a thousand dollars a month. What besides that do they need? Did you did you write for the student paper when you were in college? Did I? I did. If the student newspaper made billions of dollars, and all you got was a, a free ride, they were making billions of dollars on your articles. Would you not have wanted a piece of that pie? I would see if they weren't going to pay me, then I wouldn't go. I wouldn't be there. Guess where I'd go? I'd go somewhere that would pay me. Guess where college? Guess where basketball players should go if they want money? That's, that's not a viable option for all the. But guess what? Football and basketball players. Basketball, it's, it's certainly a viable option. For, all the other leagues are for for all maybe, the other for maybe four or five high school basketball players a year. Maybe. That, well, you know. Okay, this is some Brun DMC brought this up, and it's a good point. Perry Stevenson, he he could play. He played overseas. He was not a good player at Kentucky. There's leagues where you can make money. If you want to make money, then do it. But if you want exposure and you want a good chance to have, he, play, a, he played a, overseas after he played college basketball and exactly got exactly a, got his that's made his point. game better. That's ex- that's my point. Without college basketball, does he have that chance? Probably not. Exactly. But that doesn't necessarily mean that what he got out of it and what the university got out of it and the NCAA got out of it are equivalent. You have Chris Smith, former UofL player, on NBA Summer League teams, on NBA rosters. Let's be honest. Chris Smith was on an NBA roster because his brother was on an NBA roster. That 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 is the main point because he didn't even do that well in college to make a to make a case for himself. So that that might not be a good point. But the fact of the matter is. You have players in college that can play. You're, you're thinking, gosh, not to sound like an Occupy Wall Streeter, but you're thinking of the 1% of players that are worth so much money, even if they're in college. There are players like that. But guess what? If you play, if you pay Johnny Manziel when he's at Texas A&M, if you pay some of these big-name players in college, do you pay the women's volleyball team? Possibly. But you don't know. I'm not claiming that I have the answers. I, all I said was that the way things are set up now, it's not an advantageous situation for student athletes. It's it is it is, and for those that don't like it, there are other options. Your your argument of me writing for the student paper and the student paper's a multi million dollar industry, and I'm not seeing any of the money of it besides a free education, besides some stipends. 
uh, besides free books, which I, I mean, that is so expensive, but that's not, that's not the point. It's a multi-million dollar paper, student paper. But if they promise me, hey, when you're done with this, you're going to have a great opportunity to make a, to be a part of a multi-million dollar industry at the next level, and you're going to get your money's worth there. Just stick with us. You're you're going to show how good of a writer you are, how good of a job you can do, and your possibilities after that are going to be endless. If they told that to me, I would say that sounds great. Why do you think people do unpaid internships, Yates? Unpaid internships last for a semester, maybe a year at most, not. Four years. How how long are how long are how long are these basketball players in college for? Well, we're not talking about just basketball. There's a, a many more NCAA athletes than just play basketball. And how many of those NCAA athletes do you think are ta- bringing money into the school? Because I promise you, outside of football, it's it's none of them. Oh, I mean, I understand the Get way past- these, I understand the economics of college athletics. Women's basketball loses money. Baseball, at mo- all but maybe five places, loses money. Uh, track, you name a sport, softball, volleyball, you name a sport, and it's losing money for the athletic departments. Oh, Kentucky, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that. Enough where they have a self-sufficient athletic department that makes enough money from football and basketball that's able to pay for all those, and they don't have to go into the school. There's no easy solution. If there are people in college athletics that deserve more, that are worth more, that really help the school, my opinion is that the school, while helping them to the best that they can, and I'm not saying that's perfect, they're at least setting them up to get the money they're worth after. And we're going to see with Emmanuel Moutier. We're going to see he's, he's getting paid right away. Colleges are not going to do anything for him. He's doing everything on his own. But do you think he's going to get drafted higher playing in China than he would have one year in college? I mean, I don't know enough about his game, but I, my guess is that he probably will get drafted in roughly the same position that he would have unless he just well, goes I, over there and looks terrible. I disagree with that. I don't think... I think he's kind of in a lose-lose situation for the most part. He could go over there, play really well, put up good numbers because he's a really good player. I mean, he is a really, really good player. He would have been maybe the best point guard in in all of college basketball next year. I I think that's safe to say. Definitely the best freshman guard. But I think he's in a lose-lose situation because he goes over there and he plays really well. People are going to knock the level of competition, say he didn't go against the best college teams on the biggest stage. or he plays, he puts up okay numbers because he's 18 years old. The highest level of basketball he's ever played is the the AAU circuit. And he struggles, has some good games, has some bad games. And NBA's teams are going to say, well, if he can't, if he can't play well in the, in the chi- in these Chinese leagues, then I don't know if I want him on my NBA team. So I think he's in a lose-lose situation. And I do think he's going to be drafted lower, uh, not maybe significantly lower to the point where he's going to go in the second round, but it wouldn't have been crazy for him to be the number one pick in this year's upcoming draft. I don't think that's the case, and I don't know if he'd be a top five. I don't know if he's going to be a top five pick, and that's 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 kind of a big deal. That's not just although that might be five or six picks. Being one, being the number one pick versus being the number six pick is pretty. That's pretty significant, but. 
like I said, yeah, it's people, it's not perfect. NCAA is not perfect. There are people that are being exploited in NCAA, but that's the 1%. And Trevor's texting into the show. He says 1% of college athletes get abused by the system. The other 99% take advantage of the system. And I, I, I agree with that. And abuse is a strong word. And I said that they get exploited, but they're choosing to do that. And the easy answer would be, all right, well, tell the NFL to not make an age limit rule. Let people go right out of high school. I think we all know how bad of an idea that would be. So since this is a, a capitalist country, if you don't want to play in college and you want to get paid and you think you're a really good high schooler, then try your luck and not go into college and work out for teams for three years. It's stupid and it won't work. And then he says, Jennings didn't even get off the bench overseas and still went top 10 in the draft. Yeah. I, 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 where I, I need to look up where Brandon Jennings did did go in the draft. 10th. He went 10th? Is that he, he went 10th? Okay. Yes. So he played that one year in Italy and goes 10th, which was probably a reach to begin with based on how his pro career has gone. It hasn't been great. hasn't been terrible. But teams do draft on potential. And I don't think, I think it might be safe to say if it, it, it's risky. You can go play overseas and maybe you can get drafted around where you would have been in college because you still have that potential aspect. Or you can go to college and prove it. I guess if you don't look good on the college level, that could also obviously hurt your draft stock. Now, if I'm a, a college player and I really don't want to play college basketball, then I might just hire an agent that's going to pay me that I'll pay back and maybe just not even play for a year. Nobody can pick your game apart if you don't play for a year. Anyways, it's been a fun it's been a fun NCAA debate, and we'll 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 talk a little more about it after this final break. We'll calm down. There's some other news I wanted to get to, so we'll see if we'll have time for that. But stick around. 1450 the sports buzz. We'll be right back. To the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. We're back here, one final segment. And Yates is still texting me through Skype, typing to me through Skype, saying that unturned inter- internships are on the verge of being outlawed. It's being discussed. But what if the un- unpaid internship paid for your college tuition, your food, your housing? And all that stuff. Would I don't think people would have problems with unpaid internships at that point, would they? Uh, maybe not. Speaking of all that, I got a lot of what an NCAA athlete gets, and I didn't do a fraction of what they have to do as an NCAA athlete. What do you mean? I was on a full ride. I didn't get okay. I didn't get my food and everything. I didn't get you know meals, but I mean, I my 
Tuition was paid for. My books were paid for. If I'd lived on campus, my room and board would have been paid for. And I didn't, I wasn't required to do even remotely the things that an NCAA athlete is required to do with regard to games, practice, quote, voluntary workouts. Did you have And to, I was able to work, which they're pretty much not really able to do. Well, some can. And were you, did you have a, a GPA requirement that you had to meet? Yeah, but I mean, it was, I mean, you could, you could, Pretty much meet that without doing a whole lot. What was I mean, the I, GPA? I, what was the GPA requirement? I don't. I don't remember. That was that was too many years ago. I'm too old. Well, if if they were paying for everything, I'd imagine it have to it have to be above a three five. Um, no, I don't, not, I don't think it was that high. It, so you think it was more like a three zero? Possibly. Well, then you got you got off pretty easy. That sounds like a pretty good deal. Did your uh, I I don't know the comparison there besides the fact that you're telling us you had a nice little college experience for and you were fortunate enough to to get everything paid for. The comparison is you're 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 saying that they have to do all they they should be consider themselves fortunate because they get all those things, and I'm they saying that, and I'm saying that I got the same things. You're fortunate, and I didn't have to work nearly as hard as they do. Well, then that's because of the scholarship. You got a pretty good scholarship where you didn't have to meet a certain GPA. I did, but I also didn't have to get up at 5 a.m. to go to practice. I didn't have to play games on Tuesday nights and Saturdays and yeah, cause three, four, five fo- days of the week. Those football players and basketball players, they hate those games. They just want to, if they could get out of the games and, and practices, they'd be happy. This is what they want to do, Yates. Just like whatever you majored in is what you wanted to do. Some days you probably didn't like. What did you major in? Well, that's debatable, but I, I majored in political science. So, all right. So, some days that you probably wouldn't like going to some classes on the government or your political science classes, whatever they'd meet, be. Some course, some semesters, I'm sure, were tougher than others. But at the end of the day, you, I'm sure, you liked what you were doing. I hope. <laughs> I hope you liked what you were doing. Debatable. Okay, well, I, that's I mean that that was kind of my boat too, in in journalism. But these players, some days I'm sure they hate going to football and basketball practice. And again, we're completely ignoring the other. I think Kentucky has twenty something varsity sports. We're completely ignoring all these other ones that are the ones that actually matter for the most part, or the ones that are being forgotten at least. I'm sure, football and basketball players sometimes hate going to practice. But we also have to remember that they're not, unless you're going to UNC, they are doing their schoolwork. They they do have to turn stuff in. They are student athletes. But let's not kid ourselves. They're doing the work, but it, it is set up for them to succeed between their study halls and their uh, their tutors and their academic advisors. They're not doing the same college work that that I did, that you did, Yates. They're not scheduling their own classes. So that's another luxury for them. It's hard. School for them is, is still school. They're still doing work. They still have to take time. When they miss classes to, to travel on road trips, they still have to make that stuff up. 
but it's a little easier. It's a little more, there's a little more leeway than the normal college students. I think for the most part, I really think the the 1% argument is is accurate. There are some people again that probably that are making school or making money for their school, but there's just no fair way to do that and maybe they have to suffer so the other 99% can get a really good deal and a really good college experience that can lead to better job opportunities and, and professional careers. Johnny Manziel should have uh, was worth money in college, but he's he's getting paid a lot of money now. Same with John Wall. Same with so many people. So we we can revisit this on another on another day. It's a, it's a it's an argument and a discussion that isn't going to go away anytime soon. The NCAA has a thousand things to work on, but I don't think they need to worry about paying players. But again, just one man's opinion. It was was fun debating it with you, Yates. Anything else for now? No, I think I'm done for now. Okay. I mean, that was the most mean you really have gone at it. I don't really like it, Yates. I'm typically not a very contentious person, but occasionally, you can ask Trevor, occasionally I'll get a little fired up about something. Well, I didn't. It, it, it kind of scared me. I don't. I, you know, I, I I just think of you, the nice little kind-hearted man behind the behind the board, and then you come out firing on this NCAA debate. It's it, a lot of people are passionate about it. So it's uh, it, it's something that's going. I I don't know when it's going to go away. It might not go away until the NCAA goes away. Anyways, college football is getting close, and I'm excited for that, regardless of the whether the players should be played or not. It's going to be an exciting year. It's a little off topic, but some of my friends are going, some of my Louisville friends are going to the Notre Dame-Louisville game this year. Yates, when was the last time Notre Dame-Louisville played each other in football? I'm going to guess they've never played, but I'm not 100% certain on that. I... I that very well could never play it. I know it hasn't been any time recent, if ever. But they're they're all going up there. There's a group of about 10 of them. And I, I'm going to try to go. Kentucky's on a bye that week, so I'm not going to have to work. They do. Ha- Kentucky does have some, uh, un- some basketball games that weekend, that Friday and Sunday. Not, not great games. Notre Dame's a place I feel any sports fan should should go. You should watch a football game there. So this would be kind of an excuse for me to to be able to cross that off my sports bucket list. But this is interesting. I didn't know this. So so one of my friends, one of David Big Bad Cali, who's been on the show a time or two, he went to Notre Dame, graduated in three years. For how how dumb he is, he's really smart. But he tells us, and I believe it, there are almost no hotels in South Bend. Very few. And for any games, those are instantly booked up. So what people do, what a lot of people do, or maybe a lot of people don't do, and this is kind of a secret of the pros that I'm sharing on the airwaves, I don't really know, is they rent houses 
Which the only other time I've ever heard of this is during Derby in Louisville and during when the Ryder Cup was in Louisville. So I'm sure it happens for other sporting events throughout. But in my little bubble, I haven't heard much about it. So you rent houses. So one of my friends found a website. It's called rentlikeachampion.com. And that's just, the, I guess, the Notre Dame version of the, of the renting houses. So when I first heard about this idea, I thought the houses were going to be these college houses like I stayed in in Lexington. Uh, not easy on the eyes. Dirty, gross, run down, cheap. No, these are nice houses. Uh, these are really nice houses. And if they have 10 or 12 people, it, it equals out to for the entire weekend, Friday and Saturday night, leave Sunday afternoon. It equals out to about $130 a person, which isn't, that's a, it's a pretty good deal. And it's a pretty smart business idea. And it's a really fun for, for visiting fans. It's, it, it makes the experience, I imagine, would have to make the experience a lot better. And these houses are anywhere from a half a mile to four miles away from the stadium. The games, I think, the second last week of the year, so mid to late November, I don't imagine that a lot, that a lot of these fans staying in these houses are going to be walking. But that's a pretty cool process. I don't know if there's anything like this for Kentucky games. I'd imagine there's probably not. There's plenty of hotels in Lexington and, and the surrounding areas. Also, UK football games aren't like Notre Dame football games, as in they don't sell out. And uh, Joker Phillips last year, they didn't really get over 30,000. That's a pretty cool concept for, for following your team on the road and having a good staying experience, being able to stay at these pretty nice houses for relatively cheap. So I'd never heard of that. Pretty cool. Just came up uh, kind of a random a random thing. Haven't been able to get to all the tweets and the text on the show. Clay B116 sent me a novel about the NCAA paying players debate. He seemed to be on board with me. Most people tweeting in seem to be on board with me. Rob Blackhawk tweets in and says that I made Yates mad. Yates, you're not mad, right? No, not at all. All right, see Rob Blackhawk? He's happy. He's a happy guy. So, the, again, I apologize if I wasn't able, able to get to your tweets, but I'm happy to be back. Happy the show is is back, and I'll be back on Monday. And, and next week, as far as I'm concerned, should be a full week. As for now, I the show is winding down. I've got Again, a, a two-month-old puppy that's a handful that I'm going to get to take care of now and hopefully be able to play some golf today. We'll have to see. But thanks for listening, and thanks for weighing in, those that tweeted in. Yates, as always, I appreciate the discussion. I hope everybody has a good weekend. We'll be back on Monday at 3 o'clock, and we'll talk to you then. This is TJ Walker, the Sports Talker on 1450 The Sports Bus. We Oh, they say welcome to the 502. Take the Jordan.